Very glad to be here tonight. Very glad to be able to kick off the conference. Position number one is the best place to be for preaching these sermons because I, I, can, I can say whatever I want to, and you guys can just clean it up later on in the week. You know, I, I, can, I can not worry about anybody stealing any of my points. You know, when you're, when you're second or third or fourth, you guys know this, you're sitting there and you're like, oh no, he's going to say something that I wanted to say on Tuesday night. Don't have to worry about that at all. So this is just fantastic. I was excited when, uh, when we were talking about this and I, I was able to go first. And, and, and then I was excited about, about what I was going to preach on tonight. And then, uh, and then I started preparing for it. And my excitement sort of went down. You know why? I have a very difficult task tonight. Uh, The title of this first message in this series on the Bible is to cherish the Scriptures. And as I was preparing this and as I was looking through this, I was thinking to myself, "That that that is not a word that we often use to describe the way that we all feel about the Bible. In fact, that's not common at all to say we cherish the Scriptures. There's other words, perhaps, that come to mind. We'll cover a few of them in a few minutes. So I started working real hard to figure out how we were going to get here, and I decided to go ahead and, and preach Psalm 119. So you can go ahead and open to that. Psalm 119. Yes, there are 176 verses in Psalm 119. I'm going to limit myself to just Psalm 119, so you will not hear me reference any other passage of Scripture. It's all Psalm 119. Uh, However, I will not reference all of these verses. I I did a little math to to see what it would take for me to do something like this, because, because one of your pastors, I will not say who it was, one of your pastors sent me an email and said that I'm weak if I do not address every verse in Psalm 119. But I was putting the math together here, and this is what I figured out. I have, I have roughly 45 minutes or so to preach here, although there is ice cream. So 45 minutes or so to preach. Now that leaves me approximately four verses per minute or 15 seconds per verse. So maybe I can just say something really quick here. Uh, No, I'm not going to address all of Psalm 119 tonight. You can sigh in relief, uh, but I will cover probably 25 or 30 of these, and and because I've limited myself to Psalm 119, I'll, I'll be jumping around, so you'll have to be jumping with me. Psalm 119 is a masterpiece of Hebrew poetry. Masterpiece. It is, it is a, a acrostic, poem has 22 stanzas in it. You can see it for yourself. It takes up several pages of your and my Bible. 22 stanzas of eight verses each, and it's genius. You cannot tell it in the English translation, but in the Hebrew, all of the verses of each section all start with a different Hebrew letter. It's just an amazing, absolutely amazing Psalm, Psalm 119. It also happens to be the most in-depth discussion about the Bible in the Bible that you will find anywhere, is Psalm 119. Psalm 119 says more about the Word of God than any other place in the Bible. This is the one place that talks the most about it. Out of these 176 verses, 
Only seven of them don't mention the Bible in one way or another. All these different ways that Psalm 119 talks about the Word of God is talks about commands, judgments, laws, testimonies, precepts, statutes, rules, the word, the way, the promises. All of these are a reference to God's holy law. And so all, all these verses, almost all of them, are about the Bible. And tonight's topic, we should cherish the Bible. So I'm going to read to you One verse to start out with, a verse that perhaps uh, you haven't noticed yourself out of Psalm 119. It is verse 131, and I'm going to ask you to stand, please, out of respect for the sacred scriptures, our topic for tonight, the sacred scriptures, cherishing these scriptures. And I'm going to read to you this verse to see if this describes how you and I feel our attitude on an ongoing, regular basis about the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 131. What an odd verse. Hear it tonight. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. You may be seated. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help me somehow take all of this and help us cherish the Bible tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. We are celebrating your word over these next four days. I thank you for this honor of of starting the ball rolling tonight as we cherish your word, as we examine your word, as we let your word examine us. I I need your help, I always do, so would you help me by your spirit right now to preach to these people. May we be attentive to your word, and may we honor you as we investigate and explore your word. So help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, before I dig into a few more of these verses and even try to describe verse 131, let's get back to that cherish thing for just a minute. The title to my sermon tonight, Cherish the Scriptures. Cherish is just, it's not an ordinary word that is used in context of how so many Christians view the Bible, that's, I mean, they just don't wake up in the morning saying, I, I just cherish you so much. They, it's just not, a, it's not the kind of language that we normally use. You know where that word is normally used, at least in settings that, that I do as a minister? In wedding vows. That's where you usually hear the word cherish, and it brings along with it some deep feelings. It's not just love, it's more than love. It's deep feelings. In fact, here's, here's the, here is the usual wedding vows that I use when I am marrying folks in the ceremony. Here's, here, here it is. Getting ready to, to marry Autumn again right now. I, Dan, take you, Autumn. You are all witnesses here of our, our, our ceremony tonight. Actually, we've been married 19 years last week, so it's been awesome, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. So here is a 
wedding vow renewal for us tonight. I, Dan, take you, Autumn, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. And then I always have folks that I'm marrying say, this is my solemn vow. And so cherish is, is, is something that has deep feeling to it. In, in, in fact, the antonym is neglect, the opposite of it, neglect. Could you imagine if that was in there, you know? In sickness and in health, to love and neglect, we'd have to have a different kind of conference if that's what it was. You know, cherish is a word that brings with it some deep feelings. You're moved deeply, and I think about, about wedding vows, and so I, I come to this topic, and I come to Psalm 119, and you see before you someone, an unknown author, we're not sure who wrote Psalm 119, here you see someone who clearly cherished the Scriptures. Clearly, he cherishes the Scriptures. He writes these 169 out of 176 verses about the Bible, and he addresses almost all of this psalm to God. Almost all of it, a few of the verses are addressed to other people, but almost all of it is is addressed to God and how much he loves the Word of God. Let me just give you a few examples. Even this afternoon, I was having having to cut down on so many examples. Let me just give you a few that will indicate how the author of Psalm 119 cherished the Word of God. Verse 20. I'll go a little slow here so you can look these up with me if you want to. Verse 20. Psalm 119, verse 20. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Who talks like that about the Bible? My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Verse 40, flip over maybe one page. Verse 40, behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Look at him there. I long for your precepts. You know, who talks like that? Wake up in the morning and put your coffee on and you get ready to have some devotions and you're going to flip open your Bible. I'm longing to read your word. The psalmist obviously cherished the scriptures. Verse 72. Verse 72. It's another amazing thing he says here about the word of God. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Better to me than all of that, and thousands of gold and silver pieces. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how how I love your law. Who who wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I love the Bible? This guy did. Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day all the day. 103, just a couple verses up. 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey 
to my mouth. That's just an amazing way to think of the scriptures. One more, 127. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. So it's an incredible way that this guy speaks about the Word of God in Psalm 119. And those were just, those were, that's a short list of examples. A short list of examples that are found all throughout her. How, how I delight in your law, how I love your law. It's a, it's a theme that is repeated over and over and over. And then look at Psalm 131 again, the one that we started out with. And then, and then here is just, this is just, this is almost too incredible to even imagine here. Psalm 119, verse 131. I open my mouth and pant. I mean, I'm longing for your commandments. I mean, I have a dog that pants when she wants a biscuit. I mean, she wiggles and, you know, just does all that stuff. And she grins and does all kinds of weird things when she wants a biscuit. And I mean, that's what I think of as somebody who's just, they're just, they just can't, they just need it, need it, need it, want it. Isn't that absolutely amazing? Does that, does that describe you and me? And listen, this was, this was long before John 3.16. <laughs> this is long before the New Testament's written. You, you know what he's talking about here when he keeps saying over and over again, I love your precepts, I love your laws, I love your commandments, I love your statutes, I love your ordinances, I love your decrees. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you know, those, those ones that, that we often skip over. You know how many people I know started reading the Bible in January? I'm going to read through the Bible this year in January. And they start in Genesis, and it's exciting. And then half of Exodus is exciting. And then there's just these repeated patterns of what's going to be in the tabernacle. And then they hit Leviticus. I mean, some of you have done this. And they're like, What? And then they skip right over to Joshua. It feels so bad for Numbers and Deuteronomy. They're like, hey, what? You know, Numbers and Deuteronomy skip right over and they start into Joshua and it gets all exciting again. And, and then they make a pinky promise. I'll get back to, I'll get back to Numbers and Deuteronomy. Those are, you know, those are the laws that he's talking about. This guy loved the law of God. Those, those books of the Bible that we so often skip over to get to the exciting one, those are the things that he says, I am panting for, I love. They're so sweet. Oh, how I love your law. I'm consumed with longing for Numbers and Deuteronomy. Incredible. This is, this is foreign. This is foreign. This is, this is why when I was preparing this message, I was thinking... Help me, God. How am I going to get here to, to where we understand and appreciate the Word of God in the same way that the psalmist did in Psalm 119? Because I can think of some other words, perhaps, that would fit better for a title of how most believers approach the Scriptures. Maybe that antonym would be good. Neglect the Scriptures. Ouch, maybe that one's too harsh. So let's go a little bit softer. How about ignore the scriptures? The first sermon series, ignore the scriptures. Perhaps that describes how so many people in the evangelical world treat the word of God. They, they, they just ignore it. They're just not paying any attention to it. Or how about perhaps respect? Let's go a little bit higher. 
Let's get away from neglect and ignore because it makes us uncomfortable. And let's go a little bit higher. How about respect the Scriptures? Got an awful lot of respect for the Word of God. We respect the Scriptures, perhaps in the same manner that maybe we respect some laws in our nation. We respect uh, speed limit laws. I now have a higher respect for the speed limit laws than ever before in my life. Because last year... I had a small chat with a guy. He was on the side of the road. I was, I was in my van. Window was rolled down. He had a hat on, sunglasses, and a badge. You know, we just had a... It was a, it was a small chat. I mean, just a, a brief chat. It was right outside of Greenville. It was on, on our way to, to visit Evan. Had the, had the whole family with me. It's like, really, God? Does this embarrassing moment have to happen? My kids are back there, their eyes wide as saucers. You know, dad's on the side of the road having a, having a chat. He, he just asked me a few questions, just a few, and I answered him. And then, and then don't you hate it that later you think to yourself, man, I wish I had thought of something great to say to this guy in the moment. But it's always days or weeks later that you think about it. And I was thinking, especially with, with my, my boys with me, my youngest boys, I was thinking, wouldn't it have been awesome when this guy came up with his badge and his hat and his glasses and I rolled the window down, and he said, license and registration, please. If I had said, you do not need to see my license and registration. <laughs> I am not the lead-footed criminal you're searching for, or something like that. You know, like, the, use the force on him. And then I was thinking, if that had worked, my boys would think I'm the most awesome guy on the planet. And then I also was thinking later, what, what if I had just tried to, what if I tried to buddy up with him? I don't know if that works or not. I buddied up with him and said, hey, man, we have... We have real similar jobs, you know, you and me. I just try to, like, maybe, you know, buddy up with them because, you know, maybe, maybe cops will let other cops off and just say, hey, you know, we do something really similar. You know, you, you see people doing things wrong and you go talk to them, and that's what I do too because I'm a pastor. You know, I, go, I see things wrong and I go talk to them. And I was thinking that maybe then he would have laughed and let me go or something like that. But then I was thinking, I'm glad I didn't use that on him. You know why? It was a Sunday morning. I wasn't in church, I had the Sunday off, and I'm speeding down the highway with my whole family. Probably would have been a very poor reflection on pastoral ministry. So instead I just said, you know, I was going to get my son, I wasn't paying attention, got a ticket, and now two things have resulted from that. One, for months, for months, my two daughters were calling me a criminal all around the house. <laughs> months. Dad's a criminal. Hey, here, you hear the, the police siren outside of my house. They're coming for you. <laughs> you know, criminal. And then the second thing is, at least in Pitt County, I have a higher regard for the speed limit laws. So I'm thinking maybe that's, how, maybe that's how so many Christians view the Bible. There's some serious stuff in here. It's like we respect that. We respect the Word of God because there's, there's some serious things going on in the Bible. And of course, you'll be hearing about those throughout the week. So maybe that would describe how most Christians are. But, but cherish? Delight? Long for? Who speaks about the Bible like this? I'll tell you one guy who did. Jonathan Edwards did. 
He looked at the scriptures in this way. Here's a tiny sampling of his narratives. Here's something Jonathan Edwards said about the Bible. See if you can relate to this. See if this resonates with your spirit about how you feel about the Bible. He's describing how he used to just sit on the banks of the Hudson River and read the Bible over and over again. And he said, I had then, this is what Jonathan Edwards says, I had then and at other times the greatest delight in the Holy Scriptures of any book whatsoever. And then he said this, oftentimes in reading it, every word seemed to touch my heart. I felt a harmony between something in my heart and those sweet and powerful words. It's just, he's just reading and he, just, he feels something between his heart and what he's reading here he'd say later in his narratives that sometimes he just couldn't get beyond one or two words in one verse because he was so profoundly affected by it that's how he viewed the holy scriptures sam storms wrote a book about jonathan edwards and he said his love affair with the bible was both passionate and long-standing i want to be like that how about you I want to be like that. I want to have these encounters when I'm reading the Word of God that I just can barely get past one verse because it's so touching and affecting my heart. And so I just want to take the next portion of my sermon tonight to share with you some reasons why we should cherish the Bible, some reasons from Psalm 119 that we should cherish, that we should long for the Bible, that we should long for reading it, that we should long for encountering God in it. I want to, I want to be like that. I mean, that's why we're having this conference. That's exactly what Justin prayed at the beginning of it, that our hearts would desire to cherish the Word of God at a deeper level. And I think I'm safe to say that all of us in this room would agree that we need to do this, right? Yeah, we do. We need to approach the Word of God and not just respect it, certainly not ignore it, and please don't neglect it but approach the Word of God and cherish the Scriptures. And here, I'm just going to bounce around Psalm 119. My homiletics professor would just, he would go insane if he was sitting in here, but he's not. So I'm just going to bounce around Psalm 119 and just hit on some verses here about why. Why should we cherish the Scriptures? Here's the first reason why. Because they reveal God's ways. You ever, you ever wonder, especially as a new Christian, what to do? I don't know what to do. How, sh how should I live my life now that Christ is my Savior, now that Christ is Lord, now that I've surrendered my life to the gospel, the, the good news? How do I live now? Well, this is how you find out how to live now. There's going to be a, a, a whole night dedicated to this Tuesday night with Travis and Jonathan. So make sure you come on out and hear their messages about applying the Word of God, approaching it and applying it to your lives. It reveals God's ways. Look at verse 11 with me. Flip back to the beginning of Psalm 119. Verse 11. This is what the psalmist says for, for all of those who are wondering what to do or how can... In fact, look at verse 9. He starts it out there. He says, How can a young man 
keep his way pure. Verse 9, how? How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. And then look at what he says in 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You you need to know how to live your life as a believer. Well, friends, you're not going to know unless you get into the Word and find out what it is that pleases God and what it is that, that God is saying to you and me about how we should live our lives. Otherwise, it's just a guessing game. Just just wondering. Gee, I, I don't really know what's right and what's wrong. I don't really know what God is expecting of me, or asking of me, or in some cases, commanding of me, until you get into the Word. And so the psalmist says that I've stored it up, I've stored your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to know what God's ways are. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 should be in your next column if you have a two-column Bible right there. Verse 29. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. See, his, his heart is, hey, please put false ways far away from me, God. Put them far away. I, I want to know your ways. I want to live in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you. So put those false ways far from me and graciously teach me your laws. And of course, Psalm 105 Go ahead and look at it. Some of you know this from childhood, from Sunday school. We just sang it. 105, verse 105, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It will guide you. You need to know God's ways. The scriptures are like that. If you're in a dark place, you need a flashlight. See where you're going. You live in this dark world, you need the light of the Scriptures to show you how to live. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Listen, I, I know you think this might be super basic, but I've, I've known people who have shipwrecked their lives, and when you take them to the Scriptures and show them something in their Scriptures, they're, they're like, well, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that the Bible said I wasn't supposed to do that. And you're like, really? It's right there in the Word. You want to know God's ways? The Scriptures are for that. We should cherish the Scriptures because they reveal God's ways. Secondly, because they reveal God's works. And even Psalm 119 gives us hints. Of course, the rest of the scriptures give much more than hints about what God has been doing in the world. After all, the book is about him, isn't it? It is his book and it is about him. So the rest of the word of God unfolds this ginormous picture of what God has been doing in the world, sending his son, saving sinners like you and me. But even here in Psalm 119, we can catch a hint of what he's been doing. Verse 89, 90 and 91 are very clear about God's sovereignty, about what he has been doing. Pretty much holding up everything. Psalm Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. 
You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day. For all things are your servants. So pretty much Psalm 119 reveals that, yeah, God's pretty much in charge of everything and He's holding everything up and He's sovereign over everything. So they reveal His works. You can find out much about God's works through the Holy Scriptures. Psalm 156, or verse 156. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. So he's pouring out mercy and he's giving life. So he's holding everything up and he's pouring out his mercy and he's giving everything life. You can find out much about God's works in his word. And then verse 170, exciting verse 170. Verse 170, getting right there near the end. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. So you can even catch a hint in Psalm 119 of the deliverance that is found in the scriptures. God's works. Obviously, this comes to completion in the life and ministry work of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But even here in our psalm, Psalm 119, you can catch this glimpse of deliverance. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. What is God doing? What are the works that God's doing? He's delivering his people. So the Bible is very valuable in finding out God's ways and also finding out God's works. Of course, that old, old, old Sunday school song is correct. Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. So you find out God's works through the Word. And I'm looking forward to the men who will be preaching further on those details in this conference talking about what the Scriptures reveal about the work of our Savior, the work of Jesus Christ. But here in Psalm, Psalm 119, he cherishes the Scriptures because of God's ways and because of God's works. And finally, just the last thing I want you to consider before I close tonight is why should I cherish the Scriptures? Why? Why should I cherish the Bible? For what reason should I be longing and panting for the Word of God. Why? Because they reveal God Himself. The self-revelation of God is found in the pages of your and my Bible. What, what is God like? You find out in here. Everything else is speculation. You find out in here what God is truly like. The key to Psalm 119 is right there back at the beginning in verse 10. Look at that with me. Psalm 119, verse 10. I want you to see the difference. The psalmist is not just looking to keep God's rules. He's not just longing for some abstract statutes. He's not just looking at decrees and commandments and longing for those. There's something specific that he is longing for and looking for, and it's revealed here in Psalm 119. It's the reason why, the ultimate reason why you and I should cherish the Scriptures, because they reveal God Himself. Verse 10, with my whole heart, 
I seek you. You see what he's saying? I seek you. God, this is about you. It's not just about the laws that you have given. It's not just about the rules for living that you have given in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Those things reveal something about God and His character. So he's saying here, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. It's about seeking Him. In fact, verse 2 says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. That's what Psalm 119 is about, revealing God, about seeking God. It's, it's about knowing him, not just his rules. Oh, friends, I hope you, I hope you see past it. This is, this, is, this is why Jonathan Edwards longed for and desired the Scriptures, not just because he could find information in here about God, but because he could discover who God was like in the Scriptures. He could see what the Savior was like. He could see the character of God. He could see all the attributes of God in the Scriptures. So he looked at those things and was excited by those things, and you should be too. I should be, too. The Bible should be cherished because it reveals God. Verse 57, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. The psalmist is not confused about what this is about. He is not confused that this is about just about keeping rules, keeping laws, isn't about just respecting the things God said. This isn't, this isn't about speed limits. It isn't about laws like that. It's very clear. He's saying the Lord is my portion. I seek you with all my heart. The Lord is my portion. It is about him. In verse 114 classic, classic Psalm 119 verse is verse 114. You can feel the tender emotion of the psalmist who has been declaring for 113 verses and he still has many to go beyond 114. He is, he is building up this momentum of how much he loves God's Word and how much he loves God and how he is seeking God. And then you get here to 114. And he says, You are my hiding place and my shield. Can you, can you feel that in him? Can you, can you sense the emotion, the delight, the cherishing of the psalmist here? In God, not just in God's rules and His laws and His commands and His statutes, but in God Himself. He says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. It's what it's always been about. Knowing God. It's what it's always been about with the Scriptures. God graciously and kindly revealing himself to us who would not be able to know him apart from this. 
This is what theologians mean when they say divine self-disclosure or divine revelation. We'll hear more about this in the next few days. It's what they mean when they say that. You cannot know who God is apart from the Scriptures. Oh, of course you can catch hints of Him in, in, in general revelation, and He's wondrous, and the heavens do declare how great and how awesome He is, but you're not going to know specifics about God's love and His grace and the Gospel apart from the Word of God. This is why we should cherish it, because of what it reveals about God. He has disclosed himself. There's no way that we would know about him apart from this. R.C. Sproul says, idle speculation about God is a fool's errand. That's what it is, a fool's errand. If we wish to know him in truth, we must rely on what he tells us about himself. Everything else, guesswork. If you're, not, if you're not grounding your beliefs about God in the Scriptures, then you're just guessing. And you could be wrong. Very likely you will be. You begin to create a God in your or in my own image when we depart from the Scriptures. It is idle speculation, and it is a fool's errand. Another theologian says God would forever, forever be beyond our ability to discover him and to know him if he chose to keep himself hidden from us. But thankfully, he disclosed himself in his word. This is, this is, why, we should, this is why we should approach this with longing. Word of God. You flip open the pages and you see who God is. You see his holiness, his majesty, his sovereignty, his love. You see his love displayed in his son's sacrifice on the cross for our sin. You, you, you see all that. You see how mighty he is, how, how awesome he is. We should cherish the scriptures because they reveal God to us. So what's, what's he like? Well, let's end where we started. Verse 131. Verse 131, let's end where we started. I want you to see verse 131 and attach to it verse 132. These are our closing verses. Why should we cherish the Bible? Well, they do reveal God's ways and His works, and of course they reveal Him. And what is He like? What is, what is God like? Let's read these two verses back to back. And see if they touch and affect our hearts in the same way they did people like Jonathan Edwards and obviously the one who wrote Psalm 119. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. And then look at this, look at this. What is God like? This is just astonishing that Old Covenant, Old Testament psalm reveals this in, in verse 132. This is just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. I long for you, God. I, I long for your word because it reveals that you are merciful, that you are gracious with those who love your name. That's, that's your God. It's amazingly gracious. Amen?
full of mercy. He's incredible. It's his manner. It's his custom. It's what he does with those who love him. Turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name. Those of you who know me well know that for many, 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 many years, J.I. Packer has been my absolute favorite theologian. And this quote, this quote is worth, this quote is worth sitting through Dan's entire sermon to hear this quote. It's worth sitting through the last 30 minutes to hear this. J.I. Packer says this, we study God's word so that we can learn more about him. That knowledge should then lead to praise. This is what he says. The more we know about God, the more we are compelled to worship and praise him, awestruck at his greatness. Why, why should we pant for this thing? Because we see how awesome God is. How gracious he's been to us. How kind he's been to forgive us of our sins because of what his son has done on the cross on our behalf. We, we see the nature and character of God. And then when we see that, we are compelled to worship. I, 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 I read through that quote and I put it in here in my message and I had one of those aha moments. That's all right. I see it. That's why. That's, that's why Jonathan Edwards was that way. That's why the psalmist was that way because they see the character of God. That's why you and I should pant for this like my dog pants for a biscuit, want to get into the Word of God because when you get into the Word of God, you see how great God is and then you are compelled to worship Him because you are awestruck, awestruck by His greatness when you come to the Word of God and see how majestic and glorious our holy God is. That's why. That's why we should cherish the Scriptures. So that's my charge to us tonight. Delight in these things. Don't neglect. Don't put them aside. Take the Scriptures. Open them up and behold how great and how marvelous God is. And even tonight, be awestruck yet again at His works. Encounter the living God in the living Word. Open up the pages of this and feel yourself compelled to worship because you see His greatness. Open this up and be awestruck once again by how great and how marvelous God is. That, that is why we should cherish the scriptures. Amen? Oh, let's pray and thank God for the scriptures. And then let's stand and sing once again. In fact, you can stand with me now as I pray for us. And we thank God for the scriptures and thank Him for Psalm 119. And I, if, I, if I could, I would give you homework to go read Psalm 119 this week. In fact, I think you ought to read Psalm 119 and, and pray this prayer that God would open your heart so that you would cherish the Scriptures. Let's, oh, let's pray together. Father, thank you for...